Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baby, don't hurt my feelings is some lyrics that have been in her songs. Choices and maybe a thank you. Uh, She's the one, she's the only Tatiana from Drag Race Season 2 and also All Stars 2. One of the best. Actually, I think All Stars 2 is my favorite season of Drag Race. What's your favorite season? Let me know. Comment on my videos or write in to the review section of this podcast. Give me a five-star rating. Let me know. What is your favorite season of RuPaul's Drag Race? Not international, like actual seasons. Send me an email at draggedoutpod at gmail.com. Let me know. Um, this interview was an honor. It was very, very, very difficult convincing Tatiana to do this interview. She was very nervous. She did not want to necessarily talk about, you know, the DUI and things that she was going through. But she gave me the opportunity to ask the questions. And she said, hey, if there's anything that you ask that I don't want to answer, I will let you know. She goes, I just want to feel comfortable and I want to feel like it's the right time to tell my story. And I respected that and basically asked the questions. And if she wasn't comfortable, she would let me know. But she didn't say anything at all. She was like, you know, you made me feel comfortable. And I'm just glad she got to tell her story. She is truly a talent. I want to see her on another season, like put her on international UK versus the world or something, because this girl turns it out, not only in her looks, but her performances. I mean, come on, shut up and drive. Oh, oh, Tatiana and Tatiana. Oh, well, here she is. Enjoy it. Um, here is another Tuesday Expose Classic. I think we need some music for this. She was introduced to many of us on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. She came back for All Stars 2 and made us shut up and drive. And if you give her a choice, she may just hurt your feelings. Her name is Tatiana, and she's about to be exposed virtually. Hey, hey, thank you so much for being hey. here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so I want to get to know a little bit about Tatiana. We're going to go with a little deep dive into your life. And let's start with Little Tatiana. What was Little Tatiana like in Falls Church, Virginia? Um, well, Little Tatiana was born in Arlington, which is just okay. the next town over, literally like five minutes that way. And yeah, I was, uh, I was really artistic as a kid. Um, I had no sense of authority. I was consistently in trouble. And yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. I, that was me. I was always in trouble. I was always doing something like I was really big into drawing and sculpting. And I always like got a little, I just was always very crafty. So I was a crafty smart ass. <laughs> do you there think you that, that, do you think that that influenced a little bit of like you getting into doing drag? Oh yeah. Like when I was a little kid, I was very into like girl stuff and nails. Like I played with my mom and my aunt's Barbie dolls that they had when they were a kid, which wasn't really like um, encouraged, but <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I would always like sneak and, you know, put makeup on, whether it be my mother's or my aunt's or my grandmother's, I'd find someone's makeup to get up into. So 
definitely. So you're just dibbling and dabbling and playing all when you were young. Oh yeah, I was always playing. I mean, when I was a, like a little, little kid, not so much. I mean, definitely Barbies and dolls and stuff were uh, what I was more interested in versus like, I mean, my G.I. Joe became the Ken doll. So, you know, that's where I was at. <laughs> when was your first time that you actually donned drag? Publicly? Yes. Ooh, that would be, uh, it was a mess, but eighth grade, uh, it was crazy day. And um, I was like, oh, this is, I'm just going to use this day as an excuse. Like, no one can judge me because it's crazy day. Uh, so, like, I had a friend's pair of jeans. I borrowed another friend's top. I think I stole my mom's shoes. And uh, another girl let me borrow a wig. I don't even think I wore any makeup. I might have put on some, like, lip gloss or something. But, yeah. And I had water balloon titties. <laughs> what was reception like at your school? Well, like, I, when I got to school, because I was not going to leave the house that way, so I, uh, I just, uh, when I got to school, I just ran in the bathroom. All my donated stuff from my friends, they gave it to me. Changed real quick in the stall, walked out. People thought it was funny. Um, I think, if memory serves correct, I, they wanted me to remove my boobs. The school was like, we can deal with everything else, but the titties got to go. And I was like, well, that's going to ruin the illusion. So I think midway through the day, I just changed back into my regular clothing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that was the first time and then, in public. In public. And then when you, you ended up, I heard that the story about when you first were starting drag, your name, did it come from Tatiana Ali? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I was... That was in high school. I think it was like my freshman year. Uh, what I would do would just take these like walks down like Lee Highway in Arlington where I lived um, with my friends. But like get all dolled up in some like ho-ass crop top and some low-rise jeans with like a thong hanging out. Um, and I was trying to figure out like what my name would be. So I was like going through my CD collection and I had Tatiana Ali's CD, um, Kiss the Sky. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, Blue Tatiana sounds good. I'll take that. And so, yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> and then when did you actually get on stage for the first time? When was like your first performance in like a gay club or something like that? That was in 2007, maybe, two, yeah, 2007 or eight. I want to say it was 2007. I went to, I'd seen my first drag show. It was at Apex um, in DC, which no longer exists, but that was the spot. I think it was like a Friday night show and it was hosted by Christina Kelly, who is a DC legend. Um, and I watched the show and I was like, I can do that. I'm just gonna go ask. So like, I went backstage and I was like, I need to talk to Christina Kelly. And uh, they were like, why? I'm like, cause I wanna be in the show. I'm just gonna ask her if I can. They're like, okay. So I asked her and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, just let me, let me do it. And she's like, okay, well, like I'll put you on at the end of this month or whatever. And so that's when it did it. And I was real gung ho about it. So I like bullied my two, uh, my friend Min and Zach into being my backup dancers. We made choreography. And I think the first song I ever performed was Britney Spears Radar. Yes, Miss Radar Horse. Mm -hmm. And the second song that I did was Cassie's Me and You. <laughs> Very my aesthetic, to be honest with you. <laughs> I still stand by those choices. And then shortly after that, I guess in 2009, you're announced as the contestant on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, I had also heard that you actually auditioned for season one. Is that true? Uh, I did the online race. So back then they had an online situation where you uploaded pictures and videos of yourself and then the public could vote for who they liked. And then um, every so many days or once a week, they would cut a whole bunch of girls um, from the competition online. Uh, whoever was the top at the end of that online race got a bid to uh, be on the show, just off of just internet. And so I think season one, Nina Flowers got it. Um, and, but I was on the last page, so I made it all the way to the end, 
But um, I never sent in an actual audition tape. I was just doing the online stuff. But uh, afterwards, I kind of realized that I wouldn't have gotten it either way because I was only 20. And because it was still sponsored by Absolute, you had to be 21. So, you know, but I tried. <laughs> so you, you end up getting on season two of Drag Race. Where were you when you got the phone call that was like, Tatiana, you get to be on season two? I was at my best friend Valentina's house. Not that Valentina, a different one. Um, <laughs> I was at her house and um, I had already gone through a few of the preliminary interviews. I had done my psych test and they called me to let me know I got it. They're like, you can't tell anyone. Meanwhile, like Valentina's in the room. She knows what's happening. So I was like, okay. And then we hung up and we screamed and jumped on the bed and then I called everyone that I knew <laughs> and told them what I was doing. <laughs> You're like, screw that. Well, I was just like, how am I going to know? Like, they're not going to find out. Yeah. But that's where I was. It's my best friend's house. We were like, we were like eating and like watching a movie or something when I found out. So you get on the show. Did you enjoy your time on season two? Uh, yes and no. It was a very... I mean, I was 21. I was like young and dumb. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, this is such an experience. It was my first time on a plane by myself. It was my first time doing a lot of stuff. Um, so in that sense, it was great because it was a learning experience and I did have fun learning the ropes of like how TV's made and you know, interview, like, I don't know, it was, that stuff was fun. A lot, a lot of my time there was a little, like, very stressful, lots of tears on my part. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess some of the social interactions weren't the best, because I don't think I'd ever been in a situation like that, you know what I mean? Certainly never competed for anything, and uh, I never really, because I wasn't a big part of a drag community, by that point, when I got on the show, I had done my first drag show and then two more. And that was it. So, like, I didn't have drag queen friends. I just knew, like, three drag queens <laughs> that I'd worked with a couple of times. So, like, that was a lot to take on all at once. But, um, yeah, overall, I find it to be a positive experience. <laughs> and one of the non-positive experiences was, you know, there was a little bit of a little cat fight between you and then Tyra Sanchez, um, formerly known as, but uh, there was a big rumor that was going around the internet that production actually shut down. Is that true? Uh, no, not really. Um, no, when me and Tyra had our big screaming match in each other's faces, you know, whatever, uh, filming had already ended for the day. They had just given us extra time on set to work on our wedding dresses. That whole streaming match happened when I don't think any producers were actually in the room. I think there was like maybe one PA. And then, then they rushed in with like a handy cam. Like it wasn't one of the big cameras. It was like a little camera. I guess just to catch anything that might be deemed entertaining or useful. But by that time, they had asked us to separate. And then it was just kind of like, you know, do your own shit and don't talk to each other. So they didn't really shut down production because we weren't filming when that happened. We were just on set. Got you. And then looking back on that, when you get home and you see yourself on season two of Drag Race, what was the reception like, like in your town, in your community, like local bars and stuff like that? Like, how was that for you? Um, I don't know. I know from my circle of friends and people that I knew from school and that they were super excited and, fun uh DC like gay DC was like who is this person <laughs> who is this because we have never seen her before because I you know I'd only performed once in DC and then twice in Northern Virginia like the club I performed at um with Gigi Paris Couture it was a Latin club right down the street called Majestic and so like I had no name in DC so when they were like she's from Northern Virginia they were like who the hell is this hoe so yeah, it was a lot, like, DC gang scene was very, like, question mark, but all of my friends and family were super excited, and they're like, we've been watching you do drags, like, throughout high school, so 
it's so great that you made that work for you. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, overall it was positive. Well, that must have been crazy too, because if you only did three drag shows before Drag Race and then you get on Drag Race and then afterwards, were you traveling a lot? Was that like a, a stun of an experience? Yeah, like I was like doing it all by myself because I didn't, I don't think a lot of girls were really represented like they are now. It was a very different business. It really hadn't been, I think the only girls that were really traveling around doing stuff like that was like RuPaul and like Lady Bunny, maybe Coco Peru, you know what I mean? So I had a booking email that I was answering them. And like, yeah, I left my job. I was a hairstylist at the time. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this now. And I did, like, for, like, almost a year-ish. I just kind of lived off of, uh, you know, working full-time as a drag queen. Because I'd never had many like that before. Also, I was still living with my family. I was living with my grandparents at the time. And they were like, do you. <laughs> Ride this till the wheels fall off. So, um, yeah, it was cool. I did do, I did. And then I went back to work a little bit thereafter because, you know, new seasons had come in and uh, everything slows down. But the cool thing about it was um, because during that time, right after season two, I, Town Dance Boutique, which was a major club here in DC, uh, they had a big pride event and they had me, Morgan and Sahara do a pride party. And shortly thereafter, they asked me since I lived, you know, in the area, to be a part of the cast. So from that year of traveling and working in different places, uh, I got a full-time residency at town. So that became, you know, my thing. That was my spot, my home. So that was cool. So in 2016, you're introduced um, being on All Stars 2. So how did that come to be? And like, did you get a call? Like what happened from that? Okay, uh, so I got a phone call from one of the producers with World of Wonder asking me if I would be interested. And I was like, yeah, does this mean I'm on? And they're like, no, we're just asking if you're interested. And I was like, well, yes, <laughs> totally. Just let me know, you know, what you want me to do. And uh, yeah, then I just kind of waited. And, and then I got, you know, a few little interviews just seeing like how things have been since the show and what I'm doing now. Um, and then a little bit more waiting. And then they sent me to get the psych test, which I was like, well, that's a good sign. They want to make sure I'm not completely crazy. That means I'm pretty close to getting on the show. Um, and then, yeah. And then they let me know that I made it. Were you like very excited about that? Because Drag Race had blown up more. You know, you're mm -hmm. getting into the heyday of like, you're about to be moving to the H1 and all that stuff. Were you over the moon excited to be going back? Uh, yeah, I was excited to, for one, reintroduce myself as a much more established, self-aware adult <laughs> um, compared to, like, the really naive, you know, little girl that I was on season two. So reintroduce myself to the public in that light, and then also just introduce myself to all of these new fans um, all over the world. You know, the show had become such a different creature from you know back in 2010 so um yeah i was excited for all of that when you walk into the workroom and your experience on all stars 2 did you like your experience better on season two or all stars 2 oh all stars 2 definitely all stars 2 <laughs> yeah um i was just more i was more confident in what i was doing i knew what i was doing um i obviously yeah, overall, there was no drama involving me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was overall just a really fun experience. And like also, what's different about All Stars is that you already know the girls you're working with. So that feeling of, at least for me, that kind of sisterhood where we already know each other. Some of us have hung out a lot. Some of us we've only just met, but like we still know each other. Um, that was cool. So I definitely had a lot more fun on All-Stars. And it had a lot more like iconic moments. Uh, and it was yeah. overall just positive, so. <laughs> yeah, well, one of your most iconic moments was that talent show when you came out with Same Parts. Now, how did you come up with that? Like, 
were you, did you like end up writing that like shortly before? Was that had already done? Like what was the story behind Same Parts? Uh, the Same Parts, okay. So The Same Parts, I wrote that when I was in high school because it was genuinely about me going to house parties and grinding on dicks. Um, that was my thing. And so, <laughs> so that's where that came from, from my true life. Um, but I was not planning on putting that on TV. My original plan, because, I mean, I don't know. Well, no, I think I'm allowed to say it. So, like, a lot of times at the talent show, they do let you know it's coming, you know, and before you get there. And so they'd ask, like, just to make sure, like, do you want any music? Like, what do you think you're doing? And I had no idea what I was doing, so I thought about it. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll do some, it was still supposed to be spoken word, but maybe I'll do it, but, like, using other girls' catchphrases in weird ways. It was supposed to be inspired by, you know, um, not Can't Hardly Wait, 90s teen movies, give them to me. She's Ooh. all that. Yeah. There you go. Remember She's All That with the dwarves that are in the blue suits and they're, like, <laughs> saying weird poetry things? Was yeah. that cool? Well, that, that was the inspiration. So that's, like, what I, I was going to do, some weird shit, like, doing that but using other girls' catchphrases. It was, in my mind, it made sense. Um... But then the more I thought about it the night before, I was like, I could get read for using other girls. Like, it wouldn't be more about me. It would be more about them. So I still had that music and I still had to use it because it was secured. And that's what was happening during rehearsal. So I took the rap. It was a fast rap originally. I took it in my head and I just slowed it down. And I replaced all the bad words with things that could be said on television. And... Um, yeah, so when I did it on stage at the talent show, that was the first time I had done that publicly. <laughs> I had not rehearsed it when we had rehearsals the day before. Um, I didn't rehearse it that morning when we had rehearsals. <laughs> I was just like, if it's going to work, it's going to work. I've been saying these, you know, lyrics in my head for the past, like, decade and a half, so I'm not going to forget the words. Um, so I'm very happy that everyone liked it. <laughs> it was a real, like... Yeah. I mean, you you end up having Katya still on like, um, always like talking about it. I mean, yeah. what what is what do you think her obsession with it is? Uh, you know, she loves things that make you think. She's a thinker, that one. Um, I think definitely see me, what you see isn't always the truth, really stuck in her. And then also see me with them hands, like, a lot of people ask me, like, what exactly does that mean? That means, like, do you want to fight? Like, see me with these hands, like, catch these hands, you know? So that's what it meant to me. But to her, she was like, you know, see me with your hands. Like, you know, that weird thing. I don't know what movie it is where he's got the hands with the eyeballs in them. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that movie. But she really was about, like, she thought it was that type of shit. I'm like, you're taking it to a real in-depth level that I had not thought about, but good for you. Um, I have to give her props, though, because she made that single sell so much. That's free publicity. She toured more with the same part single than probably I did. So thank you, Katya. <laughs> and another iconic moment was your Shut Up and Drive lip sync against Alyssa Edwards. Yeah. Now, my question for you about this is in that moment and afterwards, what was the reception like around you? Did you know it was going to be so iconic in that moment? I mean, I hoped. I mean, I don't know. You don't go into that thinking like, I'm going to make this iconic. You're going into it like, I don't want to go home. So I was just pulling out just about every, you know, move I had. And um, it's weird watching it because it does look like we're always doing not the same move, but something very similar at the same time. Which is just, I guess, I mean, Alyssa think of music in the same type of way when it comes to movement. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had no idea it was going to be as big as it became. I mean, it literally, yeah. like, every list is number one. It's the number one lip sync of, like, all time. I mean, I think it would go to Brooklyn and Evie, but I'm fine just, I'll be, I'll be the top one. You know, I mean, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, it's great that people, uh, you know, really loved it so much. And there's not a day that goes by since that has aired that I have not been messaged on Instagram or tweeted 
or something where someone's like, oh my God, this is iconic and they'll send it to me or they'll say like, having a bad day. So I watched this and it made me feel better. Or like, yeah, there's, there literally has not been one day that I have not heard something about that performance. So that's great to leave, a, you know, a good legacy like that. <laughs> you, you left a really good legacy. And I think you, you really did prove out that whole All-Stars too. If you would have made it to the top four, did mm-hmm. you... Would you have had to have already written that read you wrote you part or did you already have that done or would that have been told to you later? They told us about the read you, read you, read you wrote you, read you wrote you. They told us that that was going to be a thing. Um, probably the night before, I think it was the night before the comedy challenge. No. Yes. Somewhere in there. It was like the night before I was T-Boss, I want to say. They uh, told us, like, there's a challenge coming up. Here's the stuff. And they, like, uploaded it to our iPods or whatever. Because that's what they had us, like, you know, go through the music that we would have to learn at some point. Um, they're like, we gave you this. You need to write a verse to it. At some point, it's something to think about for the future. It's probably, like, it's going to be a thing. And so... I was like, okay. And that night I went back to the hotel and wrote out my whole entire, uh, like the base idea of what I wanted it to be just so I'd be ahead of the curve if um, I got the opportunity to get there, which I did not. <laughs> what was your book better than Roxy Andrews? You know what? I think Roxy Andrews is iconic. I think that that verse is iconic. When people think about that, I mean, Obviously, I love Katya's because it's just, you know, so Katya. Um, but everyone's like, I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear. You know what I mean? Like, that's fucking cool. So I love Roxy's. No, mine, I just, I repurposed it. It's on, um, it's one of the verses in a, hold on, let me think about it before I actually say it. Because I actually have to remember the song. Um, what the fuck is that song? Don't put this in there. I should be able to remember the songs that are on my fucking album because I wrote them. (laughs) Um, Shut it down. Okay. Um, Actually, I repurposed the verse for... I repurposed that verse and it's on my album and it's on the song Shut It Down with Caswell. So it's not wasted. It's, It's used. Repurpose and reuse in a new form. Yes. So were you looking back on your time on All Stars 2 and both of your like eliminations on there? How did you feel in those moments? Do you think that you should have stayed longer? Do you feel like you were robbed, as fans would say? Um, I mean, do I think I deserved to be sent home on that second elimination of me going home? No. But it wasn't up to the judges. It was up to the competition. So I can't really, you know, be sad or mad about it. I'm also a firm believer that you can't be robbed of something that you didn't own in the first place. And so, <laughs> like, those are the rules. People are going to kick you out, and it's not always fair. It is what it is. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was happy with what I got to show while I was there. I was very appreciative to be a part of things. So that was cool. Well, and it turned out so well for you. Like, I literally, like, was like, oh, my gosh. Like, when I was watching it, I just remember being, like, Tatiana all the way. Like, everything that you were doing was, like, to a T. Your looks were awesome. Same parts. Like, shut up and drive. Like, you had so many iconic moments in there. Um, after that, what was reception like on All-Stars 2 compared to Season 2? Like, did you gain a humongous fan base? Like, what was that? Oh, yeah. I gained a crazy, like, I had a good amount of, you know, followers and supporters online um before but like it blew up big time um yeah it was really really crazy it was a lot all at once which was really cool because I feel like I had a good you know we filmed that show in 2015 we filmed season nine in 2000 or season nine we filmed season two in 2009 um, so I had a good chunk of time to really like work my way and figure out who I am and what I'm doing and figure out the business and all that stuff. So when I actually got to like 
show it to everyone. Um, it was very cool that everyone was receptive. Yeah. Looking back on your experience, do you regret seeing choices and thank you? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, thank you was literally like, that wasn't thought out. That was just something that I would live, I would just, if I would do a gentle read or some bullshit, I would be like, thank you at the very end of it. It was just something I did. I realized not too long ago, actually, that I got it from a show that Ryan Murphy made back in like 99. It's called Popular and it was on the WB. And one of the characters on that show, her name was like Nicole Julian. And when she would read bitches down, she would always end it with thank you. And that just always stuck in my head. So I'd done that for years prior. Um, so when they showed it so many times, they made it seem like it was really like a catchphrase when it wasn't, you know, that. That me, that like back and forth, me and Rue going, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that was edited to be that way. But um, I mean, having a catchphrase like thank you, I mean, that's just polite. So that's not negative. Choices, I don't have an issue with either because that was something that me and my friends were saying before the show. I said it like once or twice and production was like, we really like that. Say that more. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to follow the rules, whatever works. <laughs> so nope, no regrets on that stuff. Well, you end up coming off All Stars 2 and you end up having a musical trajectory. You end up releasing a lot of music. You have Hurt My Feelings, like Sia. Like I, I was... I remember, baby, don't hurt my feet. Like that, that was like the jam. That music video was the jam. I just like remember being so in awe. And I was like, okay, this girl can sing. She can put out a beat. She can like make me want to dance. Like looking thank at you. Of course. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking about thank you. Um, <laughs> so looking at your music and looking at where you are now, do you plan to release more music? Oh uh, yeah, totally. I love I love doing music. I'm never gonna sit here and say that I am the best singer, you know, like I'm not Adele, I'm not Beyonce. Um, but I like the process. I was writing songs and stuff back when I was a teenager. Um I had a little a little a little song that I recorded on some like cheap uh like music maker software that I put on my laptop and I recorded it in my car. Uh, just because I just thought the acoustics would be great in my car. And like, I had like, I'd been dabbling in that for a while. So like when I had the opportunity to do music, like back in 2010, um, I, you know, grabbed it up and I was like, work, let's do this. And so, um, yeah, it was super cool to like the few little pop singles that I had in like the early 2010s where everything was like auto tuned out the ass. Um, it was, it was a moment. <laughs> Um, but I love the stuff that I've done, you know, since the same parts single, which did cr crazy well. I was so surprised by the reception to that single. Um, yeah. And then doing like the album T1. I love that, that stuff. So I definitely plan to do more music in the future. Yes. Bring it down. Bring it out. I need that. I need some more those lovely music videos too, because those were like hot, steamy, sexy music videos. Great music videos. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I love the process of not just the music, but making the visual for it as well. That's like super cool. I grew up watching, you know, um, making the video on MTV. So I just always was super interested in how, you know, video music videos are made and the concepts and whatever what have you so that's another part of doing music that's super fun is like now think of a visual after you've written this song and recorded it um the whole process is fun so yay well that's good that you're you're creative in the whole process too i mean some people are just like no do, do my video for me like you know and don't think about it yeah i'm not that person i am i'm quite a bossy person if i don't like something thing that I'm not going to do it um, <laughs> and I don't tend to trust people's points of view all the time 
artistically, if it doesn't sync up with what I'm thinking, then I'm going to have reservations about it. And so luckily working with people that I've worked with on videos and music, it's, uh, it's very good that like, I feel like I'm heard and I'm able to express myself and collaborate. So, yeah. Speaking of collaborations, you had a little cameo in Miss Taylor Swift's um, 2019 video, You Need to Calm Down. Um, yeah. Whoa! How in the world did that come to be? And what was that experience like? Um, I think I was, I had just done a couple of gigs in Canada, and I got a call from one of my agents, and they were like, hey are you free this upcoming week? And I was like, I mean, yeah, why? And they're like, someone wants to do a music video. And I'm like, okay, who do I Taylor Swift? I was like, fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. But they're like, yeah, man. And they want you to do, uh, they want you to do an Ariana look. And I was like, well, shit. I mean, I guess I get home tomorrow. So let's do this. And so, yeah, I just was told over the phone and then, uh, they confirmed, and I got home. I think I had two days before leaving for LA to get shit together. So luckily, I had that pink floofy dress already in my closet from like a photo shoot I had done like the year before. Um, and I went out and I made a new Ariana Grande wig and did what I did. <laughs> I made it over to LA, and yeah, that was crazy. And. I remember seeing that and seeing that, you know, it was, it was a great moment and it was a great time also for like an artist to be able to speak out against things and to be able to like be a supporter for the community. But she also got flack for it. What do you think of that whole situation? Do you think that it was a positive thing for the community? Oh, flack, like what did, what did she get flack for? You're educating me. I don't pay attention oh. to a lot of shit. Oh, you don't pay attention? Um, um, basically, you know, like a lot of times, which I can already word the question to, a lot of times when artists speak out or use drag queens in their videos or things like that, it's a, a big... pandering? Yes, yes. Pandering to the gay dollar? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, you want to read... Well, let me hit this jewel real quick. <laughs> I've been sitting on it. Mama needs that nicotine. I was a smoker for 15 years. And so this jewel is like so great. Really? 15 years? I was smoking cigarettes when I was like 15 years old. I was a trashy little hoe, I tell you. I don't know why people never think that I'm like as trashy as I am. Maybe it's because like I'm gently well-spoken. But like... <laughs> I think it's because you're fucking mess. I think it's because you're like so sweet all the time. Like you present yourself well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, yay. Let's do that question again. I'm with okay. you. Oh. <laughs> so one thing a lot of artists end up getting sometimes when they use drag queens in their music video or in their songs or their promotional campaigns is that they are, you know, using the gay community just to be able to sell singles and stuff. And that was a little bit of the flack that Taylor got for that. What do you feel about that whole issue? Um, people are going to be upset either way. Uh, you know, if you never put any gay people in your videos and they're going to read you for that. So then if you do, they're going to read you for that. So it's like, whatever, just do what you want to do. She was working closely with Todrick. You know, Todrick was the one that helped her pick the drag queens for the video. So, you know, it was gays helping gays get further. <laughs> Taylor Swift giving an opportunity and wanting that message to be brought across in her video. Um, I thought it was great. And, you know, people are just always going to be pissed off about something. So whatever. So you end up uh, getting a VMA because the music video ends up winning. What was that like? And do you have that VMA? Oh, I do have the VMA. Uh, I did it. I got one. My name is there. You cannot see it, but it'd be there. Yes. Yeah, that was a big, big, big deal for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that call. It was maybe a week or two before, and she wanted us to, like, perform with her, which I was like, that's crazy. 
Um, so yeah, God, if I can be a man, man. <laughs> um, the performance was great. Like got to rehearse with her. She was super sweet, really down to earth. Um, all the girls were there except for a door because she was filming something else. But um, it was just a great experience overall. Like when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to make it to the VMAs. And then like I got to walk the carpet and walk the show in 2016 um, with a lot of the other girls from All Stars too. Uh, and then I was like, well, one day I'm going to get up there and I'm going to perform. <laughs> and I didn't think that one was going to really happen. But I got to be like a backup dancer, so that was cool, <laughs> you know? And then um, she did say like, bring a change of clothes because I want you guys, if, like if we win, especially for the award, which let me word it completely correctly. Um, uh, this was for the video of the year. She won twice, but there was also like, I believe video with a positive message was one of the ones that she won. Um, but she was like, if I win, I want you guys to come on stage with me. And so, so yeah, we got to, you know, join her on stage when she got to win. And uh, Jay Jalee, they tried to give her the award because they thought that she was Taylor Swift. <laughs> so that was quite the moment. Um, yeah, it was a crazy, amazing experience. That's, that's like really cool. Like that, that would be like one of the top things that I want to do. Like win an award on a stage and then like you have it right in front of you. Oh, oh. One thing that I do want to ask about is that you've spoken out before about um, you had considered transitioning before. You did like that had been a thought in your head. Um, mm -hmm. Looking at Drag Race, looking where things are today, do you think that trans men and women and bio queens and stuff should be able to be on the show? Oh, absolutely. Why not? I mean, drag you know according to so many people is just you know your expression like every day is drag everything you're wearing is drag so why not bio queens why not trans women trans men drag kings like i could understand how, how possibly a certain challenge would not lend itself to being easily adaptable to drag kings and drag queens at the same time i understand that concept but in the way of bio queens being on the show, why not? Because it's not, I think some people's ideas is like, well, that's not really like transformative, but like it definitely is. Some of these bio queens look more like men in makeup than we, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's very transformative and it's still the same expression. Um, in the show, we all watch it. It's really not about how easy it is for you to transform. It's about your personality. It's about how you connect with the audience and how you connect with the judges there are a whole bunch of really pretty girls there's but the if you don't have personality you're not gonna last so i think that definitely trans women bio queens you know come on board get in there i'm down for it i approve of that message i like that message a lot um so we're getting into a topic which i'm going to give you the floor to talk about and discuss so in October of 2019, you know, there ended up being a mugshot of you that got uh, posted Aww. around on, on TMZ, if you didn't <laughs> know about that. Um, mm -hmm. You ended up taking that, not I wouldn't even say opportunity, that's the wrong word to say. You ended up taking that situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. You ended up taking that situation and you turned it into merch and you quickly like kind of took over the situation as opposed to having other people kind of come at you and stuff. So I'm going to give you the floor to say whatever you want about that moment and how you ended up coming on top to be able to do that. Like what in your head led you to do that? Got you. Well, yeah. So it wasn't the most, like one of my most proudest moments in my life. Um, <laughs> it was just a really overall, like involving the situation, it was very much avoidable on, from multiple different angles, could have been avoided. I take my responsibility for whatever part I had in it. It wasn't nature. Uh, <laughs> it was just more so like embarrassing, but like there were no fines. I did not do any jail time. Like it was, I didn't have to pay a dime or anything. <laughs> it was cool. I think some people were worried like, oh my God, she is in jail. Like that, it wasn't that way. Um, but yeah, so I 
the whole thing was I asked about the mugshot and I was like, is this public, you know, is this for the public to see? And they were like, no, it's just for our database. And I was like, okay. And then once I hit social media, it was there. Yay. And um, yeah. And from what I understood, it was that it was sold from someone to someone. I am not sure, but you know, I always like to think the best way to get from underneath something that's negative or just shitty is to get on top of it and write it to the bank. So I just hit up uh, Drag Queen March. I got to shout out Drag Queen March and Bible Girl. I was like, yeah, let's make some merch out of this. And that was like the day after I made that request. And then I believe that night or the night after there was the march and it was for limited time. <laughs> I'm like, what else? I'm just going to make this money, honey. And I also did a, I also did an event where I performed and it was called the Disorderly Conduct event with Tatiana. And I got to connect with HIPS DC, which is a great organization that helps uh, the LGBTQ plus um, people in the DC area involving like sex work or drug use or any of those types of things. So I worked with them and we did an event at Trade in DC that same week and uh, raised some money for a good cause. And yeah, so I just took a negative into a positive because it's like, what else are you going to do? Um, I guess I was kind of hard on myself when it happened, but then it's kind of like, we're all human. We all fuck up. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be. So that is what it is. It <laughs> is gonna move on and keep it positive. Exactly. Huh? And I mean, you did, you really did take this situation and you kind of turned it out. And I'm sure for you too, like it was a learning experience. You probably learned some things. And then from there, oh, yeah. you move on and you go. Totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, just in general, like you don't necessarily know, like when someone, fucks up in life or whatever don't necessarily know what's going on in their life there's things you know what i mean like you see with anyone in like not the public eye because i don't think of myself in the public eye but like you know you see people like on instagram or you know those type of characters celebrities and you know bad shit will happen but you never really know what's going on in their life so like yeah it was just kind of I guess very much a learning experience for me because, you know, people go through some shit and it shows itself in weird ways. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and one thing the fans want to know is, are there ever going to be more episodes of Tea with Tati? Oh, uh, I hope so. Totally. Uh, with Tea with Tati, that's done with World of Wonder. They're based in LA. I'm over here on the East Coast in DC. So when we've done Tea with Tati, it's always been me going out there to either film a video or do something in LA where I just take extra time and I stay there and I film like six episodes in a day. The last time that I did Tea with Tati was when I had gone out to LA to film the video for Sia. So, you know, I went out there, I stayed with Jessica Wilde, Jessica, and uh, I did the Sia video, and I did Tea with Tati. I haven't really, I hadn't really had the time to get out there and do that yet, but I do hear everyone, every time I go live on Instagram or I post a picture, there's always about three people that are like, are you doing more Tea with Tati? <laughs> so I definitely plan to, hopefully, fingers crossed sometime soon, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I really can't hop on a plane and get out to LA. <laughs> so hopefully with, by the end of the year, maybe next year or something, I, who knows what's really happening. So, but yes, I plan to. And another thing that is currently going on, you said a pandemic, we're in a pandemic, and then we also have been having, you know, a big issue. Um, and I think it's realizing, a lot of people are realizing about police brutality and the things that are going on now and the protests and um, being able to fight for equality, especially for black people. So my question for you is more so on the racism in the drag community. Have you experienced that? Um, you know, here's the thing. So I am, I'm black and I'm white. I am biracial, I am mixed. Um, but I also have a healthy dose of white privilege because people do not know that I'm black just by looking at me or from watching me on two seasons of Drag Race, because for some reason they have never said that I was black on the show, even though I definitely had said it multiple times while filming my interviews. <laughs> um, 
so I see it from, I'm offended when I see the stuff, but it's never pointed at me. And that is, you know, super, it's, it's, it's a problem. And I don't necessarily see it because I've never experienced it while filming any of those type of situations. It's definitely the fandom because these little, you know, assholes online, you know, they want, if a, if a white queen, if they don't like her, then she's a bitch. But if they don't like a black queen, oh, well, she's the N-word. And it's completely ridiculous. And it's disgusting. And it needs to stop. But it goes right along with what's happening right now, where people are not being treated the same across the board because of the color of their skin or because of preconceived notions about the color of their skin, which is really uh, disappointing. I never understand why in the LGBTQ plus community that there can be racism when we've been oppressed for you know, a really long time as well. Like, why would you not automatically connect with someone else's struggle? Um, and I tell you, these white gays out here don't know how to act. Point blank period. They're always the ones saying some shit. That, <laughs> you know, just with this past season, a lot of uh, people online and stuff were saying some real, like, nasty shit. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, do you and yeah it just it's enraging <laughs> it's enraging well let me ask you this for people that are white or are you know cisgender gay men or just straight or whatever it is what mm -hmm. do you think that white people can do to be able to help in causes like this and to be able to help with like black lives matter and to be able to help in the community like what can they do if they don't know already if they don't know what to do like, if they don't know what to do to help, or if they don't know what to do to not be an asshole. <laughs> if they don't know what to do to help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, um, I mean, if, if you are white and you want to help in this situation, like, obviously call your friends on their racist bullshit. Talk to your families. Talk to your friends. Keep them informed. Explain why people feel the way that they feel. Um, and if it's someone that's in the LGBTQ plus community that is being that way, you need to explain to them exactly why that is completely fucked up. I don't know if I can curse here, but it's the internet, so whatever. Um, explain exactly to them, like, why that's fucked up, why that is completely ridiculous. You know, the reason that gays get to march in a pride parade is because of what rioting. And you know who was a big factor in those riot stuff? They were, you know, drag queens and uh, trans women and gay uh, of color that did that so you know you want to prance down the street in your rainbow jock strap well you know you have people of color to thank for that so you need to get on board i don't really have a lot of sympathy for people who play ignorant though because it is 2020 if you want to find out why something's racist you can google it but people don't really care because it doesn't affect them and there's a lot of privilege in the gay community and it's just when it doesn't affect them you know they don't give a shit sometimes not everyone obviously i'm just saying the ones that are problematic <laughs> I, th I think that's the biggest thing is just literally just taking the time to research and learn too because you know i was brought up in memphis tennessee and brought from a you know a pretty conservative family so it was an issue pushed all around me um racism and mm -hmm. everything and i think the biggest thing that I just ended up taking is literally, like you said, like Googling things, listening to podcasts, listening to, you know, black people who are your friends, like listening and just asking questions. At the end of the day, it's just asking questions and doing your research because, you know, you're sitting there and you're privileged or you're sitting there and whatever, and you know, you're not experiencing it. So who are you to yeah. say that they're not experiencing it? Cause you don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So as we're closing all of this out, I do have a few um, personal questions for you. Sure. Um, looking at your whole career and what you've done and all of the great, amazing things you have under your belt already, is there anything that you haven't done yet that you are looking forward to doing or want to achieve? Yeah, like I want to, I mean, I've done some big things. I've done, like, obviously I've done a whole album, which was exciting, in singles that were successful. I have a fragrance, Choices, that is available. These are, like, big things to me. Um, so I just keep on adding to the list, just because I always think at first, like, oh, I can't, that's not going to be a thing. 
and then you know then it's a thing so like i'd love to try my hand at acting um i've never really tried that before i did like theater when i was a kid but like nothing professional but I, i'd love to do something in the way of acting um gosh yeah just i'm down for i'm down i'm coming from a place of yes so a lot of things, I don't even know if I really want to do them, but then I'll get offered to do something cool like that. And um, I'm always down for, for those type of new experiences. But yeah, I definitely like to try my hand at acting and uh, ah, that's where I'm at right now. And obviously, you know, I want to have a hit that's on Billboard and not just like a niche chart. I want to be somewhere on Billboard that's like a pop chart or something. <laughs> I'm you want to be the next back. Britney. The next Britney. Move out of the way. It's Tati. Right? <laughs> Girl. But yeah, something, you know, I'd like to do that type of stuff. So I'm down for it if anyone's watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think the biggest misconception of Tatiana is? Um, there's so many. Um, I guess... Some people have an idea about me that I am like airheaded or like not the brightest, which is really not true. <laughs> Quite intelligent, very aware of shit. Um, also, I think that sometimes people think, maybe it's in person, I do have a really strong resting bitch face, but sometimes I think people think that I'm like full of myself or <laughs> like cunty and just like, nose in the air type of shit and that's like definitely not who I am I'm very uh I'm just me I don't think of myself as being extraordinarily special I always think of myself as being given an opportunity and by luck I've ended up here and I just keep going with it <laughs> so um yeah I guess those are the two biggest ones that I feel like I've seen a few times that didn't sit right with me um, I'm sure many other people think incorrect things about me but I can't we would be here all day trying to decipher those situations. So, <laughs> And one thing in your community that I've noticed, uh, your local community that I've noticed, is that a lot of gay bars and places have been shutting down in D.C. Um, oh, yes. Terrible. What's your thoughts on that? And do you think more things are going to open up? Or do you think the community is going to move somewhere else? Or like, what do you, what's going to happen? Well, you know what it's called? It's called gentrification. And <laughs> that's the G. Um, yeah, a lot of gay spaces have closed. Um, but I don't think it's just DC. I know that in a lot of other cities, like big clubs have closed. Like I know like a lot of huge clubs in DC, or DC, a lot of big clubs in like New York have closed or whatever. A lot of that has to do with social media. Like now, like, you, back in the day, you'd get all dressed up and go out to the club looking for some dick. But now you can just hop on an app and find some dick next door. So that kind of cuts down on people's need to be social. Um, but uh, yeah, no, in the way of DC, like things have closed down definitely because of gentrification and whatever. But uh, I do know there are a lot of places that are staying open um, and some new clubs that are on the horizon. So uh, I think that DC will be just fine keeping the neighborhood alive and well. Um, yeah, we're just going through a transitional period at the moment. <laughs> and what's next for Tatiana? Do you have anything in the pipeline? Is there anything that you have under wraps? Um, I mean, I'm starting the beginning processes right now of working on new music, uh, writing and finding tracks and stuff. So I'm doing that. I mean, there's no time period that I'm thinking that things will be released or anything. It's very preliminary because I always have to, oh, but so sore. This chair is not comfortable. Um, I always usually have to like travel and stuff to record because that's just where my producers tend to be. So um, can't do that now because of good old Rona. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm working on that stuff. And um, other than that, like, I had some big events coming up, but everything got canceled because of the Rona. So really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any huge, you know, big plans just because, yeah, everything's kind of staying in my apartment at the moment. <laughs> so, 
yeah. But I'm sure I'll be doing something big at some point when, you know, I'm able to be social and be out there again. Do you think that the Rona is going to change the way the drag community is or how drag performances? I feel like girls aren't going to be taking dollar bills in their mouths for a while. That's definitely, I mean, I know I won't. Um, I think that when it's cleared out, I think that there's still going to be, oh, I think things are going to be slow. I think that people are still going to be scared and they're still going to be nervous about being in such a public space. Public space. I think that people are still going to be scared of being in a public space. So many people. Um, but I do think that uh, a lot of people will tip more. I have found that like the gay community really like got behind like the drag bands, I mean, really got behind, uh, you know, drag queens in quarantine. Like this is like our jobs are being in public and performing. And when we're not able to, it was difficult. So I noticed like so many online shows and these drag reviews that were done from people's living rooms and stuff and people really wanting to support drag queens. So I feel like when we are able to get back out there, I feel like we're going to be supported. Not that we weren't supported before, but even more because I think people have really realized like this is their livelihood like let's tip this bitch so I think that's going to be definitely positive yeah I I think that that's I I can see that and I think that a lot of people have come out you know to support the quarantine shows and stuff um so it will be really interesting to see what the take is um yeah especially if like this lasts for you know when everything's gonna slowly open back up Mm -hmm. um so as we have our last two questions. Okay. If you could, for one day, live in another drag queen's shoes, past or present, whose shoes would you choose to fill? Ooh, that's a good one. Damn. If I could be in another drag queen's shoes. You know what? Take a sip of wine real quick. What's what's your what's your wine of choice? What is that? Oh, Pinot Grigio. That's the only way to go. Uh, yeah, I'm real Italian up in this bitch because I'm black and Italian. That's a lot of aggression and a lot of white wine. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's such a hard one. Let me go through in my head. I feel like being detox for a day would be fun, just because detox is detox. Also, Detox has, like, a Rolodex of dick. So, like, I feel like being her for a day, it would be set that I was going to be late at some point during that day, if not just throughout the day. Um, ooh. Well, no, that would be scary. I was going to say, I'd like to be in Katya's body, but then I thought, like, that would also be, like, in her mind, and I don't necessarily know if I want to be in there, but so many things going on in that head. But, um... Yeah, like a detox or, ooh, something's coming to me. Nope. I think it's going to be a, a, a detox. I think it's going to be a detox. Yeah. Live the day in that body, you know? <laughs> it just seems like it'd be a really fun day. <laughs> and it'd be a pretty crazy day. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I'm down. Also, like, Detox is great. She can do whatever the hell she wants to. And people are like, well, that's detox, girl. And I love that. That freedom. <laughs> so the last question I have for you is, what is a message or words of wisdom that you have for the LGBT community? <sighs> because it is Pride Month. Yes. Um, words of wisdom for the LGBTQ community. Um Hello, gays. I would say the best thing is to just know where you come from, to be able to know where the hell you're going, Um, especially right now where we are with our social climate and things. uh, We need to stick together more than ever, and that includes everybody from all walks of life. Um, And yeah, and just really band together because we are so powerful when we are. Um, and, and it's just a really important time. So that's what I would guess would be my words of wisdom. I mean, they're obvious, but 
just want to re- reiterate the obvious, you know? And sometimes the obvious one needs to be heard because hearing and knowing. Because y'all ain't listening all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tatiana, for being here. Let me expose you. Where can everybody find you on the socials? On the socials, I am Tatiana Now on Twitter. I am Tatiana Now on Facebook. I don't use Facebook, though. Um, I am Tatiana Now. Um, there's something else. There's another Tatiana Now out there. Um, uh, my Instagram is Tatiana Graham. And so Twitter, that's Facebook. Oh, if you want to catch me on Cameo, um, that's also under Tatiana Now. Uh, personalized messages, happy birthdays, or if you just want to talk shit, yes. And um, yeah, those are the big ones. I'm always on Twitter or Instagram, though. That's where you can really find my ass. So hopefully there you can go. And speaking of your cameo for the fans, I if you comment below your favorite part of this interview, I will be gifting you a cameo from Tatiana. So Put your favorite part. What was your favorite part about this Tatiana interview? Give it a like, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and make sure um, if you love the series to keep supporting me on Patreon, that's below. Um, But yes, give us your favorite part and you could be getting the same parts from Tatiana in a game. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard and that right there is... Okay, Tatiana. Oh, you